Welcome to Singing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about the judgments of God. There's signs in the last days that God uh, is warning his people to turn to him. They'll come and let us return to the Lord, the true Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the true God and eternal life. And we've left the foundation of truth, and it's through judgments that men will turn to righteousness. Isaiah uh, 26, verse 9, reading from the King James Version. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. To learn righteousness is how grace reigns. Grace reigns through righteousness. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Not through our own works of the law, by which no man shall be saved, but the righteousness of God by faith. So we're saved by grace through faith. But grace reigns through righteousness. See that in Romans 5. What is that? How do we know what grace is? Grace is not just unmerited favor. We can grow in grace. And we do that through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature through the grace of God, which is through his work. That's the mystery of the God life, the mystery of godliness. In 1 Timothy 3.16, it says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. That's the God life that allows us to live a life pleasing to God. For God was manifest in the flesh, not the Son of God. God himself was manifest in the flesh. It's all in him, by him, and through him. He was justified in the Spirit. God himself, the Spirit, the self-existent eternal Spirit of God, the Father of glory, was manifest in the flesh. That's where we've messed it. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16, because we've left the foundation of truth, the very foundation of the rock of the revelation of Christ, not being established in this doctrine of Christ, God uses judgments to get us to turn to him. Now we see that the nation that forgets God, he will turn into hell. Righteousness exalts a nation then is a reproach to any people. God is angry with the wicked every day. Now he loves everyone, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Albeit those that reject the grace of God and do not like to retain God in their knowledge, the Lord himself turns over to a reprobate mind. And we see that in Romans 1, doing that which is unseemly and these unnatural acts increase in the land that has forgotten God. We're seeing that in America as well as other nations in this time, the present time we're living in. We see that the signs of the times, many will say, well, there's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been earthquakes in diverse places. So what's the big deal? Well, there are signs and they are increasing. With intensity and frequency, the closer we come to the church bringing forth the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. As a woman's in travail, Jesus said uh, that when the child is born, the man child, the Christ in you is born, to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus, she forgets all the sorrow of birth pains that she's had. We, there, through the beginning of sorrows in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, that these are the beginning of sorrows, which will be kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, famines, pestilence. We see God's four sword judgments in the word of God, famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, and he'll bring third through that fire. 
And through that third, we see in the book of the Revelation and the judgments of God. When we see under the seals, that under the fourth horse rider is a pale horse rider. And as we take a look at that in Revelation, that sixth chapter, and that pale horse rider, we see that God's judgments are being revealed in the earth. and those that do not receive the love of God. They do not receive the gospel. Turning to the true God and eternal life, that Jesus only is the Father of glory, revealed in the body of flesh and blood as the Son of God. We've left that, denying the only Lord God, and literally ascribed to him of three persons rather than one. Because of this, God's judgments will increase And those that do not turn to him will ultimately die, even the Lord himself sending strong delusion that all that had pleasure in unrighteousness will be damned. Now, that's a hard saying, but it's the truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness, that this wicked there deceiveth the whole world, the man of sin, the son of perdition, with all deceivableness, of unrighteousness in them that perish. They'll be deceived by great signs and wonders. Jesus stated that. Many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and shall show great wonders. And so much of it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. Paul talked about it in 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit speaketh expressly. In the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils having their conscience seared with a hard iron, forbidding to marry, abstaining from meats which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. They will seek out doctrines of men, seducing spirits, turning away from the Lord God Almighty, the true God, the one person of God, Jesus Christ, because we've left that foundation through ecumenical council and synods over the centuries. 25 AD, the council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed of a Trinity that is co-equal of co-substance in a hypostatic union is a bold-faced lie. It's a false god, but many will call it a holy trinity, which there's no such thing. There's a holy one, and Jesus is that holy one. The devils and the word of God came up to Jesus and said, we know thee who thou art, the holy one of Israel. Jesus there is that Lord. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the Father of glory, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. There, there are many questions that many ask then, then why did he pray to the Father? Well, because he made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6 through 8, so he could become one of us. He looked for a man, he was amazed he could find none. This revelation is what the nations are turning to now that will be saved. The ones that do not will be damned. Why? Because God is God, and there's only one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, this one body of one spirit in whom we're called and one hope of our calling. There's only one Lord, not two. Well, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou in my right hand and make thine enemies that footstool. It seems like there's two. But in uh, truth, There's only one. It seems to the natural mind there would be two. But there is in the truth only one. Jesus stated that in Matthew 22, 42. He said, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? Little S-O-N. Well, they said he's the son of David. Well, that's truth. He's the son of David according to the flesh. But Jesus didn't stop there. He's quoting Psalm 110, verse 1. And he states, then the Lord said unto my Lord, at capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, as in Psalm 110, verse 1, said unto my Lord, capital L, small case O-R-D, that thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He goes on and states in Matthew 22, 42, if David in spirit calleth him Lord, then how is he then his son? We find the Pharisees were not able to answer Jesus, neither durst any man ask Jesus any more questions. It shut them up forever. 
Why? Because they did not know that Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is that invisible spirit, self-existent power of God. He is the Elohim, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Now then, that's the invisible spirit, but he's going to be manifest. How? God will be manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. So the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that self-existent, eternal, invisible spirit of God uh, that is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent everywhere will manifest in a permanent revelation and an unveiling in a tabernacle where we will see and behold him, the Father of glory. And that is the Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, which is the man that is Adon, the Hebrew word Adon, which is the man who is God, is the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, manifest the expressed image of his person. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, that's where we missed it. Though these judgments of God will increase with intensity and frequency until that either we turn to God and we're saved or be destroyed, not giving him the glory of the Father, saying that he is the second person of the Godhead. Many signs and wonders will be demonstrated even by false Christ. Jesus said, they'll come in my name and deceive many. They will be false prophets. How do you discern whether these prophets are of God or not? Because John states in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, try ye the spirits to see whether they are of God, for many false prophets are entered into the world. Not some, but many. How do we know any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not was, but is come in the flesh, a present imperfect tense? That means that Jesus Christ is that spirit. He is that Holy Ghost. He is the Father of glory. He is that Christ. He is in the days of his flesh, a man, our kinsman redeemer. He works salvation in and of himself alone fulfills his own law, and then takes the ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross, thereby breaking down that middle wall of partition between his spirit that he is, the father of glory that's been made of no reputation, so that he could work only as a man to fulfill the law because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God became that man. We see that in Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. God looked for a man because he had to have a man to be a kinsman redeemer. The Spirit of God can't die, has no blood. But what does he do? Well, he looks for a man. He's amazed he can find none. Therefore, his own arm, God's own arm, his own arm of flesh brought salvation to himself. He states that. Well, how does he do it? Well, that's what the princes of this world and known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty manifest in a body of flesh. That's what they did. Well, because they did that, uh, there the blood is upon their head. Why? Because they crucified the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. Hereby we, we perceive the love of God because he, God himself, Laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 1 John 3.16. He is the only begotten God. The only begotten son is the monogamous Theos. He's the only begotten God. There's not another. We've hewed out of these, uh, these cisterns that can hold no water, saying there, there's a three-person Godhead that are co-equal of co-substance, which is a blatant lie. So God in his uh, infinite mercy, will use judgments to get us, uh, the mankind, the humans upon this earth, to turn to him through his judgments. Judgments are manifest in the earth. The inhabitants of the earth will learn righteousness, that he is God. Righteousness is he came from God and came into the world, proceeded from the Father, 
And the Spirit came to the world, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He is not another spirit. He claims that, proclaims it in John 10, 30. I and my Father are one. Not in union, being a Greek word, whom, but is heis, H-E-I-S, one and the self-same spirit. We're not a different spirit. We're the same spirit. The Father is the invisible spirit. The Son is the invisible spirit manifest. That's what Jesus stated in John 14. He stated uh, there, if you believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. We're not so would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, then he said, well, I go, you know, in the way, you know, Thomas saith and him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh the Father, but by me. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. How can that be? There's two persons. There would be another person standing there, but there's not. Why? That's why Philip, there's hearing the Lord state this to uh, they're stated, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. A very few read that and understand that he's asking point blank. Jesus, show us the Father. There you say we've seen him. We've known you. We've seen the Father already. You, you've said that, but how can this be? Talking that to Thomas. Philip said, Lord, that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Show us the Father, and that will suffice us. That will be sufficient. Jesus stated, Have I been so long time with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? And Philip didn't say, Lord, we know you're the Son of God, but where's the Father? He did not interrupt Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is explaining his identity, his very essence that he is the Father revealed. And he explains it. He said, have I been so long with you and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Now, the question is how? How did did the disciples see the Father? He said, believe me that I'm in my Father and my Father in me or else believe me for the what? The work's sake. The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. Whose words are they? The Father that dwelleth in me. Houses permanently in me, tabernacling in me. I am the tabernacle of God, God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. The words I speak, I speak not of myself. Father's words. And they said, the, the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, dwelleth in me. He's the one doing the works. You're seeing the works. He's healing the sick, cleansing the leper. The leper. Casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, captive, going free. All of these uh, is not the fleshly man, Christ Jesus. It's the Father revealed. It's who he is and his very essence, his intrinsic identity of who he is, the father of glory. He's the one doing the works. He said, can't you see that? And he said, verily I say unto you, these works that I do shall you do also. Why? Because you're going to have that spirit also in you, which is Christ or the father in you, manifest in you in the body of Christ. Now, Jesus had all the fullness of the Godhead uh, dwelling in him bodily. Second, uh, uh, we find that in, in that second Colossians, uh, uh, Colossians, the second chapter, excuse me, uh, Colossians 2, verse 9. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, but he said, we will have a measure, a metron uh, of faith and uh, in the corporate body of Christ. Who is that that's in us? Who is this Christ that's in us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is the spirit that dwells in you, that if it also dwells in you, that dwelt in Christ Jesus, it shall also quicken and make alive your mortal body. Who is this Christ? Well, in Ephesians 4 tells us, it's one body, one spirit, not two, not three, not two or three persons, 
one spirit in whom you're called and one hope of your calling. One Lord. Well, somebody said, well, it seems like there's two Lords. Well, Jesus dispelled that in Matthew 22, 42. He's quoting there and said, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? He said, the son of David. Well, the Pharisees saying that's true according to the flesh. But Jesus goes on and quotes Psalm 110, verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou into my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. One Lord is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, the self-existent, eternal, invisible Spirit of God. Then unto my Lord, that is capital L, small or the Adon, the man who is that Spirit revealed. It's the man who is the Christ, who is that Spirit uh, revealed in a body of flesh and blood, God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Well, that's Matthew 22.42. And he said, uh, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou in my right hand to make thy names by footstool. The invisible spirit says to the man that hath that spirit of God without measure, that's emptied out of glory. There's the key. The key to understanding how God works salvation in and of himself alone, why he prayed to the Father, why he had to fast uh, and do the will of God and praying to the Father is simply because he emptied out of glory so he could work as a man. God himself made himself of no reputation. There is uh, the mystery of how God works salvation in and of himself alone. It is a great mystery that God was manifest in the flesh. That's 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is that mystery of godliness. True. Truly it is. Albeit it is the truth. And we deny that. We deny the only true God and eternal life, who is Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, almighty God, who only hath immortality, 1 Timothy uh, 6, 15 and 16, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That's Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus stated that in Matthew 22, 42. He said uh, that invisible spirit the God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah Elohim, that invisible spirit said unto my Lord, that is uh, that God that has made himself of no reputation, emptied out of glory, put a self-imposed limitation upon himself. Philippians 2, verse 6. There, because he had to have a man, God looked for a man, couldn't find one. Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. So he made himself a body of flesh and blood. You see that in Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he. God is that servant. God is that man. That man is God. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God formed. You find that in Isaiah 43.10-15. We see it in Philippians 2.5-8. All stating the same thing. He's God manifest in flesh. He is God revealed as a man. There we see it at in Isaiah 43:10, that you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, invisible spirit of God, self-existent, eternal, God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, manifest, God manifest, that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he. He is that man. He is that servant. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed there in a body of flesh and blood as our kinsman redeemer made in under the law to redeem us under the law. He's not going to stay there. He's going to literally be glorified back to where he was before the spirit, the eternal spirit of God. There we see in Isaiah 43, 10 through 15, that he is God, our savior, the Lord, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, not a holy trinity. That's where we missed it. And God will return us back to the true faith through judgments in the earth. We will learn righteousness. And righteousness is, John 16, he proceeded from the Father, came into the world, died, buried, rose again, and went back glorified with the Father's own self, went back to the Father, not around him, not beside him, but in that throne, Revelation 3.21, Jesus stated, To him that overcome, I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's what I did for you. I prepared a place for you. But where did Jesus go? 
even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, forever settled, always has been God, always will be God, that down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. All power in heaven enough given unto him, the man Christ Jesus, Matthew 28, 18. Who is that man? In the days of his flesh, he was one of us. He was our kinsman redeemer. Hebrews 2, for as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he, God himself, likewise took part of the same. Then in all things, he was made like unto his brethren. Because they're all of one, he's not ashamed to call us brethren. Jesus is our elder brother. And who is he? He's God manifest in the flesh. He is the only Lord God. He is that father of glory. And we, that father of glory is now in those that have Christ in them. We find that in Ephesians 4, that there's one body, one spirit, in whom you're calling, one hope of your calling. Who is that? Well, it's one Lord. One faith, one baptism, uh, one God, the father of us all above all, and in us all. The Father, the Father who is above all. That's Christ in us. He is the Father, not another. There's only one spirit there. That spirit dwelled in you, that dwelled in Christ Jesus, the soul shall quicken or make alive your mortal body. If any man have not spirit of Christ, he's none of him. Well, what happened? Well, when Jesus in the days of his flesh and under the law, Fulfill the law as our kinsman redeemer, but he had to make himself the spirit of no reputation. Philippians 2 6. He had to lay aside his glory. He had to come and be that man because he couldn't find one. All would conceive in sin, shape, and iniquity. None good, no, not one. This is where we miss it. All the signs and all that we see in the uh, days and warning of the birth pains in the body of Christ to bring forth the true and only Jesus Christ in us are there to get us to the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of the true God and eternal life, not a second person of the Godhead. That's where we can focus on all kinds of signs. We can talk about these last day signs that we were seeing and in the last days that men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, Eddie high-minded truth breakers, uh, disobedience to parents, thank, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, that's fine and good. But we're going to find that it's going to intensify so greatly in these signs and all that we see in Revelation 6. A white horse rider, that's the truth of the word of God going forth, and a bow, that's a toxin in his hand, given only as an ornamental bow to the victorious rider, the victory that is our faith that overcometh the world. That's a white horse rider. But then it, as we bring this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world, it turns into conquest, a red horse rider, a sword, take peace from the earth. That's what Jesus stated. You think that I'm come to send peace on earth, but rather a sword. There's your red horse rider. and. Uh, uh, that he stated to take peace from the earth, to, send, to set a man at variance against his son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, and a man's foes will be those of his own household. It'll be there a literal battle within the church. Some will say there's a trinity. Others will say, no, there's one God. The ones that have the true revelation of God there and that knows that Jesus is the Father will ultimately Feel their testimony with their own blood, just as Jesus stated in John 16. He stated, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended because the days come. They're going to cast you out of the synagogues, out of the churches, cast your name out for evil. Yea, the time will come that whosoever kills you, will they think they think they will do God a service. Why? Why would it be to the point, calling good evil and evil good? that those that kill you will think they did God a service. Well, Jesus stated, because they have not known the Father nor me. If you'd have known me, you'd have known the Father. He said that in John 8, uh, 13 through 27. Jesus stated there in John 8, 24, when asked, where is your Father? He said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. They don't understand it today. But the true children of God do know it. 
I write you little children because you've known the Father, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. So all the ones that's looking at signs and harbingers and all the end time signs, it's going to greatly intensify, not only with frequency, but we're going to see from that gospel going forth in the last days of the true church of the living God, that Jesus Christ is the Father of glory, manifest in the days of his flesh. The Son of God is the Father of that they will proclaim this everlasting gospel in the fullness of it. And that white horse rider goes forth and is given to him a bow. That's a toxin, an ornamental victory, victorious bow given only to the victor. So before we even start the battle in taking this gospel to all the world, for witnesses and all nations, we're giving the victorious bow before we even begin the battle. In the last day, they call it the Battle of Two Cities, the Jerusalem against Babylon. Mr. Babylon, the great mother of harlots, the abominations of the world are the heavenly Jerusalem, the mother of us all, there the battle of the ages. Then it turns to red, the conquest, the sword, give and take peace from the earth, just as Jesus stated. You didn't think I come send peace on earth, but rather a sword than a man at variance. Father against son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. Then we go to the balance in the hands. Black horse rider, we got a scale of balances. And there we have a measure of wheat for a penny. That's Pentecost. Three measures of barley for a penny. They'll can buy the truth and sell it not. That three measures of barley is the feast of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. And that we have the barley harvest. That's death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We must be baptized, repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and raised to the newness of life, the body, the sins of the flesh, destroyed by baptism. Many will say baptism doesn't save us. That's directly opposite from the word of God. Mark 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. They, do, but they don't believe that. That he that believeth and is saved shall be baptized, but it's not essential. We need to take a good look at Mark 16. Everywhere in Acts 2, 38, 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 22, even Paul. Saul turned Paul, was baptized uh, there, washing away his sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. There's no way to have the heart circumcised uh, except through circumcision by baptism. You'll see that in Romans 6, 1 through 6. You'll see it in Colossians 10, 2, Colossians 2, 10 through 12. The body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism, Colossians 2.12. Those ones that will follow on to know the Lord, those are the ones that are born again, but then they go to little children, 1 John 2.12-14. I'm writing you little children because uh, the word of God there, they have believed that word of God, and it states that you have known the Father. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father, just as... Uh, Jesus stated in John 8, 13 through 27, if you'd have known me, you should have known my father also. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. And where I go, you cannot come. There he states, except you believe that I am he, the father, you'll die in your sins. John 8, 24, the children understand that and know that Jesus is the father revealed. But now we go into the work. Well, we find that, that in that black horse rider, Galatians 6, that, that scale of balances in his hands. And when we see that, that we must have that death, burial, and resurrection, that, that is three measures of barley for a penny. By the truth, sell it not. Then a measure of wheat for a penny. Baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. But then you get born of the Spirit. And that is a measure of wheat for a penny, the wheat harvest, and that's Pentecost. But you see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. Those are the ones that's coming to the fruit harvest of oil and wine in the last day, sealing, uh, sealing uh, in their foreheads in Revelation 7. You don't hurt them. Hurt not the oil and the wine. Hurt not the ones that are sealed of God in their forehead that have come into that season of tabernacles. They're walking in the present truth, as is a car having the understanding of the times. But then notice the next one. 
is that pale horse rider. And that pale horse rider, when we read that, I'm reading there, Revelation 6, verse 7, and when he had opened the fourth seal, many will say, oh, we've heard about wars, rooms of war. There's always been earthquakes in diverse places. Famine and pestilence has always been. And, but how about this one? Here's a judgment of God that will be undeniable, that it will shake. That God said, I will not shake only the earth, but also heaven. There's a time of shaking going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. But God said, I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil, no tribulation, no trouble shall prevent nor overtake us. That's Amos 9, verse 9 and verse 10. He states there in Revelation 6, verse 7, and when he had opened that sixth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and See, this is a gospel going forth. I looked and beheld a pale horse. His name that set on him was Death, capital D, and Hell, capital H, followed with him. Power was given him over them, on to them, death and hell, over the fourth part of the earth to kill with, as we go, sword and hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. There's famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. God's four sword judgments. Here we go. How much are killed? Undeniably. The judgments of God that the naysayers and the scopers say, where's the promise of his coming? We've always heard of earthquakes in diverse places, wars and rumors of war, so what? Well, when we see a fourth of the population die, we almost have 9 billion souls upon the face of the earth and over 2 billion die. And that's just the beginning. It's undeniably the judgments of God. Then we go into the trumpet judgments and where one third of all the population will die. Now we finally get into that's undeniable, the judgments of God. So many dead bodies, a third of mankind killed through the trumpet judgments of God. And the dork knows her appointed time. The turtle, the crane, and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord, Jeremiah 8. Here they are. Undeniable. It's not just some little sign that we have to read about how many years it is from this to that. Or was it the sign of the uh, of Passover? Uh, was it the sign of the ninth of, uh, of Av? And Tisha B'Av, when when uh, the temples were destroyed, there in the first and the second temple were destroyed uh, by Babylon, 586 BC. Or we talk about 70 AD, ninth of Av. There that uh, we talking about that that Roman army under Titus, son of Vespasian, destroyed the, the temple there, according. In 70 AD, we're talking about a time that is the last time of judgment, the last day judgments of God. It's this gospel being preached to all the world for witness, witness to all nations. The end is coming. And there's no doubt, undoubtedly, that it is indisputable that a fourth of the population dies in a third. It's time to get in, and only the ones that have the sealing of God will be able to stand against the woe, 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 being the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound woe, woe, trumpets, because the devil, the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion is cast down out of heaven. Now has come the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. That's the last day work of the ministry for the saints of God that are sealed in their forehead. When I was in Africa, there in Transamera, Kenya, on the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me and said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, heavenly seal of the living God, so send I you. We've done our best to proclaim this message to the nations who will hear for the time to come. Many will uh, still spit at it, scopers, and say the time of his coming is not drawing nigh. Everything continues as it was for these undeniable judgments of God will hit.
indisputable judgments of God. You see, a fourth of mankind die, and then a third through the trumpet judgments of God, and then it won't stop there. Take a look through the vials and fill up the bowls of the wrath of the judgment of God that those that are sealed will not taste of. We'll see there. Take a look in Isaiah when he talks about this judgment in Isaiah 13. The God said in this punishment and the judgments of God, I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. You didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. Spoken bold words, great words against the God of the Lord God Almighty, the one God, and will lay low, low the haughtiness of the terrible. Watch what he says. How many are going to be destroyed? Next verse. He says, Isaiah 13, verse 12, I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. It will be very, very few men left upon this earth. So many will be the destruction that those that will be so many that will literally be destroyed because of the almighty wrath of God. He said over there, you make a, uh, there he will famish all the gods of this earth and Zephaniah too, when he uncovers the cedar work. The judgments of God are now being revealed from heaven and the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith. That's the present truth that we must be in. And wisdom has only spoken to those that are perfect, that are pressing, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Those that haven't even read their Bible won't even know what we're talking about. But the ones that do, and those that uh, are called of God, even though they've never picked up a Bible, they'll feel in their spirit there's something there that God is knocking at the door of their heart. Behold, God stands at the door and knocks. And any man that will hear his voice, open the door. God will come in and sit with him and he with the Lord. It's time. It's high time. And I just far spent the days at hand. God's sailing his people now. We're at the end of the end. We're at the very end of the last days. Most people will agree that we are living in troublous times. Most of the Christians believe that we're certainly at the last of the last days. What we don't agree on is that there is not a Trinity God. There's only one God. That Father that's in you is Christ. That man that works salvation in and of himself alone is God himself. He works salvation in and of himself alone. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That's only one self there. That is God Almighty, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. There we have the revelation of Jesus, the unveiling, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. Very few believe that. They believe he's an Almighty Junior. He's a Spirit Junior. He is a second person of the God. John warned us about it, and uh, that as we go into the judgments, he said uh, it's going to be revealed, this mystery of Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, that rides upon a scarlet-colored beast. And what is it? Well, it's a dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. That is a trinity. It is a false spirit. These spirits, three, and they're three unclean spirits like frogs. That's Revelation 16, 13. Friend, if it's ever been a time to turn to the true God in eternal life, Jesus Christ alone, who is the Father of glory, revealed in the days of his flesh as the Son of God, as a man, and went back to the glory of the Father, glorified by the Father's own self. We see in John 17, 5, that who is this Jesus? Well, in the days of his flesh, he was under the law because he made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, and that servant is God himself, Isaiah 43, 10. And uh, that form of a servant is what God added to himself, the Spirit of God. 
Jesus, who being in the form of God, not, not, not robbery, to be equal with God, not made equal. He's always been God, always will be, and all attributes. But he made himself of no reputation. That's a kenosis. Put a self-imposed limitation upon himself so he would not work his spirit because he could only work as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God became that man. He added to himself the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, God, Found in fashion as a man, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Found in fashion as a man did what? He humbled himself, even to death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Who exalted him? God did. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down, power to receive it again. This I've received from my father. John 2, 19, Jesus stated that. Draw this temple in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. He is that God. He is the Father of glory. And that Son of God is the Father revealed. Who is the Son of God now? Is he just a man? Or has he been made a quickening spirit? Take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That first Adam was made a living soul. That last Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Hmm. That Jesus Christ is that spirit now. He is the intercessor. He's the mediator there between God and man. He is uh, that little mediator of the new covenant. That's our intercessor. Who is that intercessor? That intercedes for us. Well, it's Jesus Christ, the Spirit. Take a look at Romans 8, 23 through 26. No man knows how you are to pray, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. That's Jesus Christ according to the will of God with groanings which cannot be uttered. Who is he? The Son of God is that Spirit now. Galatians 4, verse 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of what? Of his Son. Not the, not the flesh of his Son, not a glorified flesh man, because a man, Christ Jesus, has been glorified by the Father's own self. That's what he says in John 16, when he says, I will... No more speak to you in Proverbs, but I'll show you plainly of the Father. What's been hid in him been hid all wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge is hid in that revelation of Christ, the revelation of the Father. You say then Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But Jesus said, I'm not going to hide it anymore. John 16, I'm not going to speak to, to you anymore in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. And he goes on and states that this is righteousness. That's how grace reigns. If you don't have the revelation of Jesus, there is no grace. First Peter 1 states that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ comes at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace comes at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There, grace reigns through righteousness, Romans 5. Sin reigned by death, but grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness requires obedience. Whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey him, or the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's through these exceedingly great and precious promises whereby we, through obedience, are made partakers of his divine nature, holiness, and escape the corruption of the world through lust. Only those that have the mind of Christ uh, doing the will of God will be sealed, and they're doing that sealing now, seeking the Lord God Almighty in Revelation 7. God is sealing his saints, his servants now, with the mind of Christ sealed in their foreheads. And that is what is happening now in the present truth of not Pentecost, not Pentecostals, but tabernacles called tabernaclist. We are the tabernaclist of God. We have gone further, higher than Pentecostal because we're broken, humble, and contrite going on, giving our glory to the one God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, the blessed only potentate, the omnipotent, almighty God, First Timothy. 6, 15, and 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, 
He's the Almighty God, Revelation 1 8, who only hath immortality, dwelling in light which no man can approach into, nor see, nor can see. There we're seeing that these indisputable judgments of God are increasing. We're going to see not only plagues as a coronavirus, but we're going to see far, far greater in the judgments of God, those that famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast of the pale horse rider that are coming upon the earth. As the gospel goes forth, it is imperative, critical, essential that we receive this great word in the kingdom of God, this gospel being preached unto all the world or witnessing all nations in the end will come. Well, let's don't get sensual about uh, going to uh, the straight senses of, oh, well, this is it. Did you see a, a certain cloud in the sky that looked like Jesus? Uh, or, uh, you know, all uh, they, they prey on, on different uh, sensual things that happen. But when we're talking about true judgments of God, we're talking about that he will be revealed in and through these judgments and every, every inhabitant of the earth will know righteousness through the judgments of God. When we find uh, that all shall know him from the least to the greatest for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas or all will know him. Why? Through the judgments of God, seals, trumpets, and vowels, bowls, uh, were spelled up the wrath of God Almighty. And we, the body of Christ, thank God, will be sealed, not pre-tribulation or rapture, but go through it with the seal of God. And that's what he's doing now for those that have an ear to hear. If God's dealing with you and you felt a witness of the Holy Ghost to your spirit, then please contact us. There you can email me, sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. They... Night is far spent, the day's at hand. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Coming the midnight hour, behold, the right good coming. We must prepare and go out and meet him. Must have oil for our lamps and all the truth of the, of the word of God. And the Holy Ghost is the fire that will light it. We must have that oil in our lamp, the oil of truth, in the present preceding word of God, in this present truth. Tune into the podcast daily. Sealing God's people there as we lift up Jesus in the last day sealing of the saints of God. We're just the servants of God. None of our righteousness are not any of our holiness. That's simply we're servants of the Lord God. Pop the rag, shine your shoes as servants to the body of Christ. There we love to work with you in the work of the ministry, which we're all called for for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and God's doing it now. Again, email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Visit our website. There's seven books there, uh, e-books there for uh, your edification at dennisbeard.org. There, we pray for each one of you, all of us, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.